Hello, friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. This week, as we celebrate Mother's Day, we bring our character sketch series to its conclusion. Our senior pastor, the Reverend Dr. Jared Ott, will be preaching on the dedication of Hannah, as well as interviewing a very special guest, his mother, Vonnie Ott. Now, here is Pastor Jared with this week's message and the conclusion of our series. Thank you for listening. Well, good morning, Christ Church. Happy Mother's Day. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Lord, I thank you that you speak to us so mightily in your word. Lord, as we've been in this series, Character Sketch, Lord, there's been so many people that we've looked at over the last number of weeks. Lord, you've showed up in mighty ways to them. That You've led them through difficulties, different circumstances, used their, their gifts and their weaknesses. Lord, I pray that you do the same for us. Lord, I pray that you speak through me now as we look at Hannah. Lord, what a great testimony and witness to someone who we can look at is how we model parenting as well. Lord, I pray that you speak through me. My lips are your lips. My heart is your heart. That you impress upon us the message you want us to hear. And that we aren't just hearers of the word, but we'll be doers of it as well. And Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the gift of motherhood. Be with us all as we think and dwell upon how you want us to be as parents as believers, as people that follow after you. And I ask all this in your precious name. Amen. Well, it is Mother's Day, and uh, obviously. And, um, we, you know, we are in this series. As Pastor Jamie just said, we are almost done. We are, this is the last week of this series. This is uh, week 12 or 13 of this series that we've been doing. Our whole set up here looks like a big character uh, sketch, a big artist palette, if you've ever been to a studio. And that's the idea. And one of the things I'm hoping that you get is that you remember the promises of God, not the problems of life, as you look at all these people up here. And uh, it's been a wonderful thing. In fact, somebody asked me this week if we're going to be doing Character Sketch version 2 next year. I said, I, I guess, maybe we can, uh, but I don't know. But I hope that you've gotten something out of this. And it's fitting that we end with Hannah, mothers, right? Hannah was a dedicated mother. You know, and instead of me being up here uh, today, I was thinking about this over the past few weeks, me talking about motherhood. I thought, you know, I'm not, obviously not a, a mom, but it would be great to talk uh, uh, a woman who could come and speak and talk about mothers. Now, before I bring her up, this uh, person has led Bible studies, women's Bible studies for 30 years. And she is a Christian counselor as well. So she works with many women in her church um, and has affected so many people. And I know she's uh, near and dear to my heart because I'm going to ask uh, my mother to come up on stage with me. So would you please give a hand for Vani Ott? I think we got a picture that we're going to show up here. This is my family. This is a good one. One of those Olson Mill, yeah, Olin Mills pictures. That's me in the front. Good looking guy. Joe Slick. Yeah, Joe Slick. A lot of confidence. Noting my brother and sister's glasses in that picture. So, uh, And your hairstyle. Fantastic, by the way. Uh, I want to thank you for that. Uh, but it's great to have you here. Thank you. It really nice is. So I'm so glad that you're here with us. Uh, I, uh, I got you something, Mom. World's greatest mom mug, huh? Oh, that's yep. nice. Nice. Well... Yeah, I know this is on TV, and I hope my brother and sister see this, okay? World's greatest mom. And so I got that for you, you, and because, you. Uh, because of that, I got myself something, world's greatest son, right here, okay? So, that's it, that's it. There it is. Yeah, yeah, I think you're on. Are you on? I don't know, my microphone's Yeah, you're on, off. you're okay, good. good, you're I'm good. good, you're good. So I think, you know, uh, I think the pressing question everybody's going to want to know, right, right here, is how'd you do it, right? You, uh, how did you have such a great 
son, right? I mean, that's, the, that's on everybody's mind right now, I'm sure. So what's the secret, right? Well, Matt was a really good son, your older brother. And um, it, was, uh, it was trying, stick but... Stick to the script. <laughs> I, listen, listen, I told you to stick to the script. And if you want to go to lunch, you're going to keep... Beck, I think it's time for you to sit down. No, I'm glad you're here. No. No, I, you know, I, I know that uh, we have, uh, there's five of us, uh, older brother and older sister, but I know we come from a big family. In fact, mm-hmm. we were just talking about that um, this week. Um, just in my immediate family, there's... You have, um, there's 130, 135... 135 of us all together. three on the way. Yes, and three on the way. So that's just aunts, uncles, and cousins. Okay, 135 of us. So come from a big family, mm-hmm. and uh, well, there's five of us, and... Uh, Listen, I know that you have, uh, you talked to a lot of women. Uh, I, I remember you counseling um, a lot of women throughout the years, led Bible studies. Uh, I, I also know, too, that Mother's Day is not the easiest for some, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, right. I know when you look at me, you must think it's pretty good. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah. I know for some this is hard, right? Yes, it is. It In is. fact, uh, I'm the youngest, and I always had thought that you stopped uh, with the last because you wanted to go out with a bang, right? The, mm. the, you know, let's, let's, let's just stop right there because it's mm-hmm. not going to get any better. Until a few years ago, you uh, mentioned to me that uh, you wanted to have more kids. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. trying to get it right. That's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> to the script. To the script. No, um... You told me you want to have more, and I, but I know this is a hard day for yeah. a, a lot of people because they want to have more, so, mm-hmm. and I know you talked to a lot of women, so what would you say to women, especially here, who maybe who can't have kids, mm. right, who can't have any more kids, like um, maybe in your situation, or maybe if kids have died, but they, they're kind of feeling that sense of, you know, they're, they're not a mother. So what, mm. what do you say to them? Yeah. What have you said to women in the past? Well, first of all, I would say how my heart would be really heavy for them, and um, that pain that a mother has or wants to be a mother goes really, really deep. It goes to your very core. And I haven't been in the place where I haven't had any. Um, but I do know mothers that don't want to go to church on Mother's Day because that hurt mm-hmm. is so deep. Yeah. Um, when when uh, there, there was a mother who only had one child yeah. and she was hurting so bad at the same time when I had three and I was hurting so deeply. So nobody can take away that, that deep pain that you have. You can own it. That is okay. But we have a God who cares. Yeah. He cares about that and he helps us with that. He hears the longing in our hearts yeah. and he cares and he he helps us with that. Now, he may not answer our prayer on wanting more kids or having more kids, but he is a God who is good. I love the fact that, that you were singing earlier um, how good God is. Yeah. He is a good God, yeah. and he, no matter what happens, it's not about us. It's about him. That's right. And so sometimes we're, you know, we're wanting a certain thing, and that's not God's um, plan for us, right. but we know he has a good plan for us. Yeah. I was driving one time, um, trying to get someplace. Uh, I was going really, really fast, and, um, oh, the lights are green, yay, the lights are green, and all of a sudden, one turned red, and uh, when I was saying, oh, God, you're so good, you're so good, and the light turned red, 
And I heard him say, am I still good? (laughs) And I thought about that. I thought, you know what? It doesn't matter what's going on in our our lives. God is good all the time. And uh, we have to trust him. You know, I... We've seen that video, and one thing I think you mentioned to me, too, is that, it, that people feel alone. Uh, a lot of women are going through that, though. A lot of, a lot of women are dealing with that. Yes. They're not yes, alone. They're not alone. Now, you know, one of the things we're talking about here today is Hannah, right? Yeah. She dedicated her child. Uh-huh. Um, what do you say to women? Because I know they ask, what does it mean to dedicate a child? I think some people think maybe it's just a one-time deal, yeah. a one-time act, but it's more than that. What do you say to women when it comes to dedicating a child? Well, it's a lifelong uh, dedication yeah. for your children yeah. uh, when they're when they're really little. You know, it's easy to you know give them over to the Lord. You know, cute little things. Uh, they get a little bit older and they um, start going their own way. Uh-huh. And you have to start thinking. No, wait a minute. I I gave this child to the Lord, and I, I need to continually give this child to the Lord. When your sister was six, um, she had open heart surgery, right. yeah. and um, I read in my journal not too long ago where. It was really hard to see her being wheeled away, uh, knowing that she was going to be in surgery, my little girl. And um, I wrote in there, but I, I've given her over to the Lord, yeah. and um, he's hers. Yeah. And he loves them more than we do. Yeah. And so, uh, but we, it's a continual thing. Sometimes we think, okay, we stand up here, we dedicate our kids. We're all done with that. No, it's lifelong, continually giving them over to the Lord, the decisions they make as they get older. And um, even as they get adults and move away, sometimes we want to keep all our kids around us. If we've given them over to the Lord, then we need to allow the Lord to use them in in whatever capacity he wants to. And so that's all part of dedicating them. You know, one of the things that I know you talked to a lot of women about is, you know, there's a lot of women who said that they've dedicated their kids. But they're not really making good decisions, right? They're off and they either don't know the Lord at all, maybe know He is, but don't have a really good relationship with Him, making some bad decisions in life. And I know we watched that video before, and I know the one part in there, the woman holding it up in the mirror said she feels guilty and kind of feels all alone. What what do you say to women? What do you say to women whose children really aren't making good decisions? They may not be young, they may be older. What do you say? Well... First of all, you're not alone. I think I know more families who have at least one or all their children who were raised in the church who are not following um, the Lord right right now. I I know fewer families where they all did. So, first of all, we're not alone. And um, we raise our kids the best that we can. Sometimes parents have made mistakes. But... The, the Lord, you can go to the Lord. He's faithful and just and will forgive us. That's right. He forgives us of our sins. He forgives us of the things that we've done wrong. We can ask him for forgiveness for those things. And we can ask our kids to forgive us if we are truly the reason that they've made dis- bad decisions. But there's a lot of families that can't really think of anything. Oh, what did I do? You, you can't really think of anything that you did wrong, yeah. particularly. And, yeah. But you're still guilty. Yeah. So you lay awake at night night after night, praying for that child to come back to the Lord or come to the Lord. And, um, but there's hope in that. God answers prayer. We can always have hope. My sister was telling me not too long ago that uh, her um, uh, grandfather, her husband's grandfather, uh, was 75 years old when he came back to the Lord. Hmm. 
and there's always hope sure. for for us but we need to be praying for them sure. we need to be available for them sure. we can't just you know well you're not you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing so i'm never going to talk to you again we can't do that right. we've got to leave the door open so that when they come back we're available to them. Sure, and I know you've talked before about the power of prayer. I mean, you've talked about that. You pray for us, and okay. you know, Grandpa, talk, you know, praying for us too. Yeah. Talk about that. I mean. Yeah. Um, when you were little, um, I started praying for you and your brother and sister that you would be strong spiritual leaders, mm-hmm. and I prayed that the whole time you were growing up, and I actually still continue to pray that that you will be a strong spiritual leader. Um, but I also prayed for um, your spouses. Mm. I prayed for Deb. You got and a good one. We got a good one. We did. Your we prayers got worked. It. That's good. Yeah, we like that. Um, but we, I started praying for her uh, when you were little. Yeah. And she was little. I didn't yeah. know her. Yeah. Um, and I prayed that uh, she would be safe. Yeah. And that she would love the Lord and that yeah. she would also be a, a strong spiritual leader. Yeah. And, you know, Deb, you told Deb that. In fact, uh, you probably seen this in our kitchen. We have a framed picture up in our room, up in our kitchen, and it's a it's a it's a little cartoon boy that has a mask on and a cape, it's a little superhero. And people have always asked, "Well, who is that?" And that is Langdon's future husband. It reminds us to pray for him every day. So, but I know you're praying for us. You know, Grandpa too. Yeah. Grandparents have an influence too. Grandpa Grandparents pray. have a big influence. I pray for my grandkids. I pray for them also yeah. that they will um, have good friends. Yeah. That they would become strong spiritual leaders sure. as well. And um, yes, your grandfather who has you know all those forty grandchildren, and they're all married, and would we say sixty five great grandchildren? Yeah. He prays for each one of them by name every day. Every day. You know, one of the things uh, we're, you know, we're talking about here is characteristics of people. You know, Hannah had a good characteristic of dedication. Mm. But she also modeled it, too. Yeah. You know, I know you talked to a lot of women, a lot of mothers, but women in general, about modeling to your kids. What does that look like? I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a loaded question. It is right? a loaded question, yes. But what do you say to them? Well... When your kids are little, that's very stressful. Yeah. I remember many times just wanting to turn in my mothership card. Yeah, I know, with Matt and Renee. Somebody, it's yeah. terrible, isn't it? I know. If, if one more person called me mommy, you know, I was going to scream. I wanted to run away. Sometimes I just go outside and sit outside for a while. It's hard. It's yeah. stressful. Sure. And it takes a tremendous amount, uh, especially when you have toddlers and, and young kids. It it's hard, and you're tired, yeah. and, but God knows that. Yeah. So what you try to do is every day, um, just remember that um, He is helping you, uh, He is is guiding you. Yeah. Uh, these are little people that He's entrusted to you, yeah. and um, one of the things too that I tell moms with with young kids is, don't forget to be kind be to kind. your children. Yeah. Be kind one to another. Right. Be kind to your children. Yeah. Don't scream and yell at them and. And um, sometimes they need it, but you know, try, try not, try not to do it. You know, scream and yell at them. And and when we do make mistakes, we can go back and ask sure. the kids to forgive us. You got to own up to them. Is what you're saying. You do, yeah. Yeah. and you have to live a life that um, that shows that you uh, are trying. Yeah. Um, you say, I'm sorry that I've, I haven't done right. I'm, sure. I'm going to try to do better. Um, God tells me to do you know these things. I remember when I was little, my mom said, um, I would be naughty. She'd say. That doesn't please Jesus. Yeah. And I'm going to try really hard. Okay, 
Please, yeah. Jesus. And so as an adult, I think right. about that too. As an arm, sure. Is my behavior pleasing Jesus? Sure, sure. I had a friend who uh, was going through a really hard time. Yeah. And um, she, uh, she was going through a bad divorce and um, really down. And her little girl said to her one morning, Mommy, do you want a piece of candy? She goes, no, honey, that's okay. You, you take it. Well, the kids went off to school, you know, left, left, and she sat down to have her devotions, her quiet time. She opened up her Bible, and there in her Bible was the licorice, the little piece of candy. Mm. And um, she kind of laughed. She said, well, I guess she knew where I'd be. Yeah. And I never thought, I never forgot about that, that do our kids know that that's where we're going to sure. be? Do our kids know that, that we're praying for them? Sure that we're in God's word, that we might make mistakes, yeah. but um, uh, we can still model Christ in that for them. That's great. Well, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you sharing with everybody. I appreciate you raising a good kid. I was going to say all three, but I appreciate you raising a good kid. Yeah. So it's been a, it's been a wonderful thing. Thank but I appreciate you. what you do as you, as you meet with women. So, so thank you. Oh, you're and uh, continue. Will you thank Lord, my mom here? Lord, Lord. thank you. Mom, we got you some flowers. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure you let Matt and Renee know what I did here today. So <laughs> let them know I won this round of this year. So <laughs> behind every great mother, there is a great, behind every great man, there's a great mother. So apparently my mother is pretty good. So, uh, no. You know, it's great to be able to talk with mothers here, to be able to talk with, uh, you know, to talk about Hannah, really, you know. My mom models that. Here, my mom, my mom models what Hannah is all about. You know, as we look throughout the Bible, there is a lot of women, a lot of women who who have had children that we've looked at. In fact, if you remember a few weeks ago, uh, Jamie, Pastor Jamie looked at Deborah, the wisdom of Deborah. A few weeks back, we looked at Ruth, Ruth who gave gave uh, uh, birth to Obed, who then uh, bore Jesse, who then gave birth to David. There's time and time again throughout. God's Word, models that we can look at as parents. You know, one of the things that I always think about when I think of Hannah, because I, I do know this is a hard Sunday for many people. Some people aren't, are in a position to have children. Some people can't have children. But you understand what Hannah, when we read the Scripture, Hannah dealt with infertility too. She's the fourth person in the Bible that dealt with infertility. You had Sarah, you had Rebecca and Rachel. All dealt with infertility and also Hannah. The difference was is that Hannah looked at it differently. She accepted God's promise to her. And as we come to this time, as we look at Hannah in just a few moments, this isn't just about motherhood. Parents, men, if you're in here, don't tune out. This is about parenting. This is about modeling to your children. If you are a young person in here, someday you will have kids. You need to model this as well. We model what Hannah did. You know, what somebody once said, that there's no perfect mother. But there's a million ways to be a good one. There's no perfect mother. There's no good, perfect parent. But there's a million ways to be a good one. And that's what we see when we think of Hannah. We think of Hannah, we think, first off, we think of Hannah was a, was a woman of passion, wasn't she? 
She was a woman of passion. If you have your Bibles, excuse me, we're in uh, 1 Samuel 1, as Pastor Jamie just read it. It's in verse 10, it says this. It says, In deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you'd only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, I will give him to the Lord. For all the days of his life, no razor will ever be on his head. One thing I love about Hannah is Hannah understood that she wanted a child, not because it would be a fulfillment to her, but because it was her duty to give that child back to God. And there's a big difference. When you want to have children, the desire is because you want to raise them back to God. It's so much more fulfilling than saying, I want to have a child just to fulfill my greatest need. In fact, I read a story one time of a mother who gave birth to a child, and the child unfortunately died. And she was talking ten years later. She said, the tragedy was not the death of the child. I knew that child was with God in heaven. The tragedy was the loss of my motherhood. I was so focused on having children because it would fulfill my life, not because I wanted to give them back to God. You see, when we say we want to have children because we want to give them back to God, that is saying that children are value and are precious to us. That's why I love people that uh, folks, many folks in our church have adopted children. That's wonderful. Why? Because they see them as a gift to God. They want to raise them up in the Lord. Hannah was passionate about that. She wanted God's best. She wanted to raise the children up in the Lord. She was a woman of passion, but she was also a woman of prayer, wasn't she? She was a woman of prayer. Look at, look, at verse, uh, look at verse 12. She said, she kept on praying to the Lord. Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying. Her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk. Said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord. Hannah replied, I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Now, Eli was either a terrible priest, right? Or Hannah was a really powerful woman of prayer. Hannah was praying so passionately, so passionately, pouring out her soul to the Lord. So passionately, Eli thought she was drunk, thought she had some kind of problem. She was on her knees praying to the Lord, pouring out her soul. Men, women, do your children see you as people of prayer? Do the people in this church see you as people of prayer? Say, listen, I'm going to be passionate about praying. I know my mother was a woman of prayer. My grandfather was a man of prayer. Boy, does that give me a lot of hope. Knowing that someone's praying for me, someone's watching out for me, someone's covering me. Do they see that when they see you? When you look at Hannah, I want you to remember she was a woman not only of passion and of prayer, but she was also a woman of patience too. A woman of patience. Look at verse 17. Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant what you have asked them. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went away and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. I love this verse. I love this verse because I love the end of it. She said, she went away, and her face was no longer downcast. It was not that as if Eli said, hey, you're going to have a kid, and all of a sudden the baby like jumped into her womb like Mary or Elizabeth in the New Testament. No, she understood the idea of patience. She understood that when you go to God in prayer, that you leave your cares there, then she can walk away without sadness. You see, what she did was when she walked away, she was no longer downcast. She was no longer sad. Why? Because when she cast her cares on the Lord, she knew to leave them there. 
You see, the difference is a lot of people will um, come to the Lord in prayer, and it's not just about children. You may be going to the Lord in prayer about your job, about your finances, about your, uh, maybe it's your health, maybe it's your own family and decisions. We'll go to God in prayer, we'll ask God, I pray that you take this away from me, or God show up and give me an answer. And then you still stay awake at night uh, uh, worrying about all those things. Or you go through life miserable and frustrated with anxiety because you're still dealing with those things. I've talked to so many people in my office, just even in the comments, and they're going through something. I said, well, have you you prayed about this? Oh, yeah, I prayed about it. And what's the result? Well, I still live in fear. I said, well, then you're not praying. I said, what do you mean? I said, well, you're not, it's selfish. I said, what do you mean, selfish? I said, well, you're praying, but then you're saying, hey, God, take this away from me, but then I'm going to still deal with it. When you cast your cares on the Lord, he says, cast your cares on me because I care for you, then we leave them there. And we say, you know what, God, whatever your will is, whatever you want to see happen, I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to walk around with a downcast face. I'm not going to walk away in sadness and in fear and in anxiety. I'm going to walk away with hope, knowing that you're in control, no matter the situation. That's what Hannah had. She was a woman of of passionate prayer. She was a woman of of patience as well. She understood when you cast, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. Question to you is when you're dealing with things in life right now, do you understand the importance of letting it go? Do you understand the importance of patience through the process? Saying, you know what, God, whatever your will is here, Hannah did not know that she was going to get pregnant. She just knew that God was in control. Do you know that God's in control here today? Uh, He loves you. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. She was a woman of passion, of prayer, of patience, and she was a woman of promise, too. She was a woman of promise. Look at verse 20. It says, In the course of time, Hannah became pregnant, gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel because I asked the Lord for him. She was a woman of promise. She said, okay, now that, now that this has come about, I'm going to fulfill my promise to raise him up in the Lord. I'm going to dedicate him. And so they, she took the Nazarite vow with him. Okay, now the Nazarite vow is something we see in number 6. Verse 3 through 6. The Nazarite vow was this vow that, that was, it was a total consecration to God. They wouldn't cut their hair. There would be no uh, concern for physical appearance, no drinking of wine, abstaining from all banquets and celebrations. They would live in a consecrated way, always committed to God. It was a God-centered life. We know of three people throughout Scripture that took the Nazarite vow. Three people. One of them was Samson. Remember the story of Samson. Samson, right? Samson took the Nazarite vow, except he broke the vow when he cut his hair. That's why he lost all his strength. The second one we saw this in the New Testament is John the Baptist. John the Baptist took the Nazarite vow. Remember John the Baptist had that long hair and he was in the, he was in the wilderness. He was eating locusts and honey. He was covered himself with like sackcloths because he had taken the Nazarite vow. The third person that took the Nazarite vow was Samuel. Samuel took the Nazarite vow. He never cut his hair. He lived a life fully devoted to God. If you remember the Old Testament timeline we've been showing here, Samuel is that last line of judges before they anoint a king. But it was because of Hannah's promise, Hannah's faithfulness, that Samuel took the vow. Behind every great man, there is a great mother. Samuel must have saw his mother as someone of passion, of patience, of prayer, and of promise, and he wanted to live that out as well. I love when we do baptisms and dedications here because what we're saying is, as parents, that we are committing or making a promise that we are going to raise our kids up in the Lord. Parents, when your kids see you, do they see people of promise saying, you know what, they said they're going to raise me up in the Lord, they better hold to it. I hope you do. 
I know my parents did. I know my grandfather did. I can look at them and say, yeah, they were people of promise. People of passion. People of prayer. People of patience. But Hannah, finally, was also a woman of praise. This isn't in there. It's later in your... um, in the Bible, a few verses after the verse that we read, is verse 24, goes on to say, When he was weaned, she took the boy with her, Hannah, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephath of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord of Shiloh. I prayed for this child. And the Lord granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him back to the Lord. His whole life he will be forever given to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. Isn't it wonderful that God answers prayer? Pastor Jamie was up here talking about how God answered prayer. That's a praise. I was able to celebrate that this week, that a surgery went well. When God answers prayer for you, are you praising God for those things? When our staff gets together on a monthly basis for our meetings, we always start with praise. We always start with the wonderful things that are happening. Before we talk about all the events going on here at the church, which there are many, we always talk about the praises. What is God doing in your ministries? What's God doing in your life? Why? Because we've got to give God praise. If we're going to ask Him, if we're going to ask Him to take these cares from us, then He takes them and shows up, then we've got to praise Him, right? That's why we come in on Sunday mornings and we give God praise, a heart full of gratitude and praise. My mom was talking about how praying for our kids. I, I know we do that too. And I, I know we sit down with our kids in the evenings at night when they're in bed. And we say, can there's something I can pray for you about? We also ask, did God show up today? Did God answer your prayer? And we, we, we remember those things. We talk about how God shows up time and time again. We give praise. We give praise for what he's done, don't we? Give praise for who he is. Hannah gave praise. Men and women... I hope you can see what Hannah, the dedication she had, not just with their child, but in her whole life, that we model to her own children. We give praise because of who God is, what he's done. He showed up in a hopeless situation for Hannah. Showed up in a tough time when it came to Gideon. When it came to Esther, he showed up in an amazing way with Esther in in a situation to, to use her position to Samuel. Samuel was discerning. Shows up to Noah and the endurance that Noah had to build that ark. Shows up to Rahab. Rahab used her to, to free the, 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 the high Joshua and Caleb. Shows up to Elijah on the mountain. Shows up to Job in times of trouble. I end this series where I started 12 weeks ago, 13 weeks ago. My hope is that you focus on the promises of God and not the problems of life. Because each and every one of these people dealt with something, a problem in life. You are going to have a problem in life. It's not to focus on the problems. We focus on the problems of God. That he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Just like he showed up with Hannah, he shows up with us. His word is true. I've asked the band to, to come, and I, I, Brad was asking me a few weeks back, he said, you know, we're ending this series where it's Mother's Day, how do you want to end this series? This, I said, you know, Brad, it's not about the problems. Again, it's about the promises of God. That he's so great that he shows up in history in Old Testament times with people dealing with similar situations like we are. He shows up then and he shows up now. He's that God. For Hannah, he really showed up. Hannah was in deep anguish. It was a hopeless situation. She poured out her soul to God and he showed up. And then he gave her praise, gave him praise.
Why? Because he showed up like he said he would show up. He comes to us in our time of need, our time of issues, our time of burdens. Just like every one of these people up here. The endurance of Noah, the courage of Joshua, the trust of Rahab, obedience of Gideon, the wisdom of Deborah, the discernment of Samuel, the loyalty of Ruth, the faithfulness of Elijah, the boldness of Esther, the perseverance of Job, the dedication of Hannah, the sacrifice of Christ. They had those characteristics because God showed up. It's the promises of God, not the problems of life. That's why we're going to sing in a great way. I said, Brad, we've got to celebrate. Only how we can celebrate, we give God praise. We're going to sing that great song, Our God. So would you please stand with me as we come to a time now where we can really give God praise. Because God is good all the time. Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. We thank you that we can sing those praises with our heart full of gratitude and praise. Lord, many of us are going through stuff like Hannah. Maybe it's not about children, but stuff, anxieties and problems of life. Lord, help us to lay them at your feet. Lord, knowing that you're in control. And God, thank you for showing up in our times of weakness, in our time of pain, in our time of decision-making, in the situations we are. You've showed up time and time again. You're the same God yesterday, today, and forever, and we give you praise and glory for that. Be with us as we go about knowing that, Lord. Give us that same hope, that same joy. And I ask all this in your precious name. Amen.